welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. Wow, a lot to get to today. There are so many things going on around the NFL. There are a lot of question marks. Most of us are either in the final week of our regular season or quite possibly the first week of the playoffs for your fantasy teams. I mean, we have to talk a little bit about Thursday night's game. Uh, Minnesota and Pittsburgh, wow. If you started Boswell as your kicker, you're probably a little disappointed today as he comes through with negative points. That's not the first time a kicker's done that this year. But those are the types of things that are going on around the NFL that just drive fantasy football fans crazy. Delvin Cook, big subject. This guy was out there 24 hours before kickoff, was not playing. You know, he's got a shoulder that's just dangling and not going to play, and I cannot believe how many listeners, I cannot believe how many people all over Twitter and and LinkedIn and everywhere else I go that are talking about Delvin Cook and they didn't play him. Very few guys actually put him in. 24 hours before he was not going to play, everybody was leaning on Madison, but Delvin Cook comes through with 27 rushes, 205 yards, 2 TDs, and then he has a catch for 17 yards. I'm not even going to tell you how many fantasy points that is because if he wasn't in your roster, it didn't do you any good. And quite frankly, there are quite a few other players in that same similar situation this week, which makes getting an update vital. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Daryl Henderson, perfect example last week. They made him active, didn't carry the ball one time. What do you do in that situation? And I think that many of us are facing those types of decisions. And then you have a coach like Mike McCarthy. You know, he goes out there and he guarantees that Dallas is going to beat Washington. Why? Why would you put yourself through that? Why would you do that to your team? Why would you do that to all of us out there trying to figure out who we should play and who we shouldn't play? Oh. Decisions, decisions, decisions. That's what we have to make here. This week, this episode, put me in coach. That's why I didn't push, push this out to you yesterday, and I waited till today. I tried to get some updates. And what I decided I'm going to do today is, for many of us, the rosters are set. So, yeah, I'm going to mention a few players out there who are available for you along the way that I kind of like. But more importantly, I want to get out to you information with games and teams and matchups that might help you make some decisions with the players that you're looking at for your roster. So five offenses that have easy schedules. Here's five of them. And we're going to start with the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos week 14 is uh, their matchup is with the Detroit Lions. And then week 15 you have the Bengals. Week 16 the Raiders. Week 17 the Chargers. The Bengals and the Raiders are both in the bottom 10. Both in the bottom 10. So, some pretty favorable matchups for Denver. Now, what does that mean for you? Well, there are a few players we're watching on the Denver roster. Javante Williams has to be at the forefront of your thoughts if he's on your roster. And in my opinion, he's a must play. You must play him. Even though Gordon... Uh, and him have split carries throughout most of the season at a round or maybe a little less, but pretty close to that 50-50 mark. Javante Williams last week had a huge game with Gordon out. Gordon is still not well. He was very limited in practice, may play. 
I kind of look at this maybe being more of a 60-40 in Williams' favor and wouldn't be surprised if it ended up in the 70-30 range with Gordon giving him a spell, but Javante Williams definitely being the player who's going to carry the bulk of that. I look at Javante Williams as uh, the the Jonathan Taylor for the Colts last year. You know, he's the guy that right up to the last week of the season didn't do much for you and then just, you know, dominated the fantasy playoffs for people. So there you go. Watch out for John, Javante Williams. Another one in the last four games would be Jerry Judy. Um, he's probably the only viable receiver in that offense that I would consider in these four matchups, averaging six and a half targets. But here's the, here's the one that gets you. Only 7.7 yards every depth, average depth of target. So he would need probably more than six targets because if you look at that, let's just say he gets eight yards a catch and he has seven, you're looking at 56 total yards, um, to about 12 fantasy points, right, in a one-point PPR league. Not sure if that's going to get you home in the playoffs, but in these particular matchups, definitely worth considering. There are worse options probably on your lineup. <laughs> or on your roster, right? Chicago Bears, they're, they're number two here. Chicago Bears play week 14, the Packers, week 15, the Vikings, week 16, the Seahawks, and then week 17, the Giants. So if you're a Montgomery owner, owner i.e., remember last year, that's what I'm going to tell you, right? Last year, Montgomery tore it up this time of year. The Vikings, the Packers, and the Giants... 24th or lower in rushing success rate allowed this year. And then the Seahawks' downfall is that they're pretty good against the run, but running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield, Montgomery had nine targets last week, so I'm going to put him in there on an 83.5% snap rate. Um, the Seahawks have struggled mightily with those types of running backs. So there you go with him. Now, Justin Fields is back, probably going to start the rest of the year for the Bears. Uh, one guy I really like, and I'm just going to bring up Mooney. The last four games, he's around 88% of the snaps. 37 targets. Targets is opportunity. If you're looking for that fourth or fifth player in your flex position, Mooney is one that you might want to target with these matchups. He's only had 18 catches, but 312 yards. He's also had two touchdowns. Um, he had 16 targets week 11 versus Baltimore. And his average fantasy points per game in those four games is 17.2. So there's a suggestion for you out of Chicago. Two guys, Montgomery, Mooney, might want them in your lineups for the rest of the playoff season. How about the Washington football team? They're in the NFC hunt. Uh, too bad they have to play the Cowboys twice. And I wonder if McCarthy's guaranteeing both of those as wins or just one of them or... Maybe, yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, their matchup, week 14, they get the Cowboys. Week 15, the Eagles. Week 16, the Cowboys. Week 17, the Eagles. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's just That, to me, is terrible scheduling from a fantasy perspective for everybody, right? But the Washington football team, you might want to watch them. The Eagles rank 21st in rushing success rate and 26th against the pass. Dallas is a fairly high 
top-ranked pass defense, but that um, that bodes well in that regards. But thanks to turnovers, uh, they rank 21st in explosive run rate allowed and 28th in explosive pass rate allowed. So what I'm telling you is even though that defense has been a top-ranked defense, it's been because of the turnovers, right, that they've created. However, they have there is opportunity there in the running game and in the receiving game for players on the Washington football team. So Antonio Gibson, last four games, uh, he's a league winner right here. Him and Jonathan Taylor could win you your league. If you've got them both, uh, fantasy guys were good to you this year. Last four games, second only to Jonathan Taylor in snaps and rush attempts, and both forced... 23 missed tackles in those four games, which is tied for the NFL lead, league lead, and both have had 15 targets in those last four games. Two very good plays for you, for your fantasy team. And with the mashup for the Washington football team, I would be looking at him. Now here's a guy, Scary Terry McLaurin. He is top five in weighted opportunity in WR1 potential. That's what I'm going to tell you. I know it hasn't been consistent. I know it hasn't been there. But you have got to play Terry McLaurin in these four matchups, uh, twice against the Cowboys, twice against the Eagles. Could be a league winner for you. I think there's a lot of potential there, and I, I think you'll have a lot of balance out of Terry McLaurin if he's on your roster. Another team, Tennessee Titans. Uh, they have a pretty easy schedule. They have the Jaguars Week 14, Steelers Week 15, the 49ers Week 16, and the Dolphins Week 17. Now, the 49ers, the two teams that I look at this and I say, wow, they're pretty tough. 49ers and Dolphins could be tough. But the 49ers cornerbacks are, they're hurting. They are really way down the depth chart now on who they're playing uh, at the back end of that. So the 49ers... You can have some success against them. The Steelers rank 25th in dropback success rate since week 10. And the opponents that Tennessee is facing, they are facing, uh, their opponents have a .366 combined winning percentage. So those four teams, that is the best in the NFL. So there is a lot of opportunity there. Unfortunately, there's also a lot going on with Tennessee's offense that you have to question. But if you're willing to take the risk, there are a few players. Deontay Foreman last week played 49% of the snaps at running back. He had 19 carries for 109 yards, 5.74 yards per carry versus a New England defense that's been pretty tough, right? I like him as a potential starter for your fantasy football team. Now the downside was the previous week versus Houston, a team that we all thought he should be able to have success against. He only played 19% of the snaps. He had seven carries for 25 yards, 3.57 yards per carry, and he only caught one pass. But if you're gonna take a risk and you have to have a player, Deontay Foreman might be one that could help your team in this particular matchup with the Jaguars for sure. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, another guy I like, the last two weeks at running back, he played 57% of the snaps. But his total carries were 19 for 166 yards, right? One TD, 17.8 fantasy points per game in those last uh, two weeks. 
He had nine catches, 12 targets for 49 yards, which I really like. And the reason I like that is it looks like A.J. Brown will not be playing. And once again, even though Julio came off the IR list and practiced, um, it does look like he is going to be out this week. Did not really bode well for him during practice. So I'm not counting on Julio Jones in that offense. So I think it makes both these guys a good play. Hilliard for receiving purposes, Deontay forming for, for pure rushing. You could probably even play them both if you really, really want to take a chance. Might be high upside there. I mean, if you got nothing else and you're just going to throw the dice at it, there's a couple guys you might take a look at. Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm talking about the Detroit Lions today. Week 14, they get the Broncos. 15, the Cardinals, 16, the Falcons, and 17, the Seahawks. So what you're hoping for, right, and it's not happening this week, is that Swift comes back. That's number one, that he returns. But he's not going to play this week, so you're not going to be playing Swift. So then you picked up Williams, and you're thinking, all right, I got it covered. I got Williams, right? No. No, you don't, because he's going to be out with COVID. And to be quite honestly, last week with his 47% snaps, 17 carries, 71 yards, 4.2 yards per carry, and only one catch for nine yards, nine fantasy points versus Minnesota. Not sure I'm sold on Williams anyway, right? But what about these two guys? How about Igwebuki and Jamar Jefferson? Would you pick one of those guys up and play them? Igwebuki had 25 routes run last week in the game with Williams playing. Um, Williams only ran nine routes, so that's the positive to him. But he only had, with 39% snap shares, by the way, which was second highest to Williams, he had 3.1 fantasy points. And then Jefferson with 11% uh, opportunity, 1.8. So again, I'm going to say this. I think that if you're going to take a risk, it would be Iguabuki would be the risk, partly because of his receiving potential. Um, but I think he'll have more snap shares. I think you're going to probably see him closer to the 60%, maybe to the 70 and then Jefferson probably getting the remainder there. So if you're willing to take a high risk, there I think you go with Iguabuki and take your chances. The two guys I like in this offense that I would be looking at the schedule and saying, you know what, I think they're a better risk to play. Amon Ray St. Brown, the last three weeks with 96% of the snaps. He, well, let's just go this way. Starting last week, he had 96%, 98%, and 85%. His fantasy points last week was 24.8. The week before, 6.3. The week before, 5.8. His catches and targets... Last week, he had 10 catches on 12 targets. The week before, four catches on four targets. The week before, four catches on four targets. What I like about Amon Ray St. Brown is he is that guy who's going to get probably volume catches. So with Swift out, Williams out, I think he's going to have more targets and probably quick passes thrown to him, which Goff is known for, right? Also, Hawkinson is not playing this week by the looks of it. He's out. So there you go. I think Amon Ray St. Brown becomes the target hog. He ran, since week 11, he's ran 11, he's ran 90 routes, which is first on the team, and he's had 20 targets. The other one I like, Josh Reynolds, 
Um, he's had 81 routes, second on the team, but his average depth of target is 16.6. So there's two players right there. Josh Reynolds, his last three weeks has played 83, 88, and 90%. His catch to targets, four catches, seven targets, three catches, five targets, zero catches, three targets, but that was three weeks ago, so he's progressively gotten better. Fantasy points, 10.9, 16-0, um, and he's had one touchdowns. And then, uh, let's see, yards per catch. Last week, 17.3. The week before, 23.3. I like both those numbers, so I think he's more of an end zone threat, more likely to catch a touchdown pass, particularly with Hawkinson out. So there you go. There's, there's, there's some teams right there that I think you should target uh, matchups for if you're looking to replace players and you're looking for some players with opportunity. Five teams with the lowest opponent winning percentage. As I mentioned a minute ago, Tennessee, .366 is number one. Other teams, there's four other teams you might take a look at and a few of their players. The Packers at .408. The Falcons tied with them at .408. And then the Buccaneers at .417. There you go, Brenda. There's your Tom Brady answer and your Chris Godwin answer. And then the Seahawks at .425. So those are some teams you could target matchups with also in addition to the other five teams. So there's there's ten, there's there's nine teams I gave you right there that you should take a look at matchups in particular over the next three to four weeks for your fantasy football teams. Now, here's five teams you want to be concerned about matchups, right? Especially when you're on the bubble with players. Cleveland and Baltimore, winning percentages against teams they're playing, .608. And then the Panthers and the Steelers at .583. And then once again, even though I said the Lions had some good matchups, they also, there's, you know, Winning percentage-wise, it may be different. The Lions and the Bengals, .567. So there's some concerns there. How about we take a look at COVID? There are some players on COVID we know of. Ingram, Williams, Allen. Ingram is out. Allen is out. Williams looks like a potential play. You're going to go to game time Sunday on that. You're going to have to figure out. that He plays on um on Sunday, so you're going to have to know, and I think it's a late game, so you have that advantage. So have an alternative to that if you're going to lean on Mike Williams. Some injuries you got to be watching. Daryl Henderson, if he is in fact listed as inactive, which I don't think he is, I think you're going to see the same situation. Active, limited play. I think Sony Michael's the better play there if you're forced to use one of them, but that's a Monday night decision. That's going to be a Monday nighter, and if you're going to hold on and wait for that, I think you play Michael in this situation. Elijah Mitchell is out, so there's also Wilson or Hasty that's an opportunity. You could pick up one of those two. Uh, they're saying now Wilson is the better play. Earlier in the week it was Hasty, but now it looks like Wilson will get the bulk of the carries for San Francisco this particular week. Anyway, we've got Mixon, who is fighting an illness and has not practiced. Montgomery, who is a go. Uh, James Robinson is going to be a play. He's going to go. He is doing nothing different than he has the last four weeks. The biggest question for Robinson is, is Urban Meyer going to allow him to play the snaps 
that he should. And Trevor Lawrence came out this week and said that it, James Robinson needs to be on the field more. He's the best player. He's the most vital player on that offense. So I look for Urban Meyer to do what he always does and actually go over the top this week with Robinson. So I think he's a really solid play. Tony Pollard, very limited this week. I don't think he's going to play. And if he does, I think it's going to be on a special teams uh, possibly. Um, and that would be it. I don't really look for him to uh, carry much of the load. Ezekiel Elliott, baby, here you go. This is what you guys have been waiting for, right? Pollard, limited. Elliott, must play, going to have a good week. Solid performance this week out of him. Seattle, Adrian Peterson is now listed as out. Alex Collins, very limited. The play there, I'm going to tell you, is Rashad Penny. Go with him. If you need somebody, there's an opportunity right there. There's another guy you can reach out and grab and put into your lineup. Some other players that have been questionable throughout the week that are going to be game-time decisions, T. Higgins, uh, Elijah Moore for the Jets. It's hopeful. Sayla says he's hopeful, very, very hopeful, that Moore is going to play. No, no, if you're willing to risk your playoffs on that, but you might, or your possibility to make the playoffs, you might. Kamara is going to be a go. Melvin Gordon, like I said earlier, limited. Um, and I look for him to his, his snap count to be down. I do. And then we have Swift out, Samuel out, and Waller all out. All right. That was a lot of information. I'm going to take a quick pause. I'm going to come back with a few other things that you need to know. And maybe take a quick glance at some of the rosters in the leagues that I'm in. Just scan through them really quick and give you an update maybe on a few players there or a few matchups. So sit tight. Be right back in just a second. All right, here we go. Here we go. Put me in coach. So uh, some of the questions that I've seen and some of the things I've noticed and listened to and uh, thought were kind of relevant. We have the matchup this week with Arizona and the L.A. Rams. And we've talked a little bit about the running back positions, the receivers, but let's talk about the quarterbacks in that game because both of them are vital to a lot of our successes in the fantasy football playoffs. So Matthew Stafford... Um, been a bit inconsistent, right, in his past four contests. He's had two of them where he's been outside the top 12. He's had two of them um, where he's been in the top 12. Weeks 9 and 10, um, he was outside the top 12. Uh, then he had a pair of QB4 finishes the last two weeks, which is good for you if you have Matt Stafford. This one could be a rough one, though. Um, this is a big matchup with Arizona, and Arizona's defense has been really good against the quarterback position. They are yielding the fourth fewest passing yards and touchdowns um, this season, along with the fourth fewest receiving yards to wide receivers through 12 weeks. So depending on which offense shows up, right, uh, they're playing at Arizona. The field conditions should be good, right? I kind of look for this to be uh, probably a high-scoring game. I do. I'm hoping that both of these teams are able to use their offenses and, th and that the defenses don't take over and we have one of those 17-14 to 14 games. We all want to see the scoring. So hopefully that's what happens. So maybe, maybe it brings you down a few a notch on the receivers. Uh, for Los Angeles in particular, maybe the running back or backs who play are a little more vital in this particular game. I'm not really sure how I feel about 
that. If I, I mean, Cup's going to play, right? You're going to play Cup. Are, are you going to play Higby? I doubt it, right? There you go. How about Nick Chubb? There's another matchup there. Cleveland Browns versus Baltimore. Um, pretty sure you're not going to sit Nick Chubb, right? But if you're looking at that matchup, um, he's Cleveland's tough on Cleveland. Baltimore's tough on Cleveland's running backs. He rushed eight times for 16 yards and had two receptions for 23 yards and only 4.9 uh, half PPR points, right? In the last time, and that was in and that was in week 12, which was not too long ago. So probably not going to sit him. But then again, my next question comes up. So if you do play Chubb, would you play Kareem Hunt? I'm not sure I would play Kareem Hunt in that particular matchup. Yeah. You're going to be really brave if you're sitting Chubb. I don't know who you would play in that situation, but that's a tough one. Those are tough ones. And sometimes you look back and go, I knew I shouldn't have done it or I knew I should have done it. You end up with a Delvin Cook situation like people did Thursday night, right? Different circumstance because it's only a matchup question, not an injury question. How about Mike Evans, Tampa Bay versus the Buffalo Bills? The Buffalo Bills, um, they're gonna, they're, they are going to be tough for the Buccaneers this week. Um, last week, Evans was out-targeted 17-10 to 10 by Chris Godwin, but my gosh... 17 targets for Godwin, 10 for Evans. Those are must-play players, right? I mean, I would think. Evans has had the 100-yard threshold. He's only crossed that twice in 2021. The Buffalo defense is only surrendering 110 yards, receiving yards per game, to the entire wide receiver core. And only three touchdowns all season. So you're probably not going to bench Evans, but wow, that's a tough decision for you. And I know you want me to give you the answer, and I'm not going to give you an answer because honestly, again, these are these are questions that keep popping up. And I am telling you, it, it's it's a 50-50 right down the middle with a lot of these decisions. Good news, though. We talked about Elliot, right? Elliot is, is finally going to get his opportunity uh, to play, and I think he should be effective. Um, in his last two contests, he's only had 22 rushes, 70 yards. But I don't think that Tony Pollard's going to be much of a help this week. And Washington defensive unit is allowing the fewest rushing yards to running backs this year at 63.8 with just six rushing touchdowns. However, I do believe that because of the fact that you can throw the ball against Washington, they're going to be down there by that goal line. And I see Elliott at least getting in there once with a rushing touchdown. And then Tyler Higby, Los Angeles Rams, back to that Arizona game. I'm going to let you know that you don't necessarily want to be playing him. Hopefully you have better options. Arizona's defense is only allowing two total touchdowns to opposing tight ends this season and only 36 receiving yards per game. Hopefully you have a better option than that. So there you go on that information. So what I'm going to do really quickly here is switch over to our fantasy site, just take a quick rundown of a few of the matchups that we have in a few of the leagues that I play in, and I just really want to do this kind of for fun. So uh, I'm going to go to the league that 
that I'm, I'm really weakest in, and I'm going to take a look here. I'm scanning, and I'm looking at my opponent's roster. I'm looking at my roster. Van Jefferson for the Rams, in lieu of what I just read about Arizona's defense, makes me kind of questionable with him. Uh, like I said, we know Henderson's questionable. Not sure what I'm going to do there. I see that this person has Mitchell, who is out, which we talked about, but a pretty weak bench. So... He's in a tough situation. He's going to play the players that he has there. Um, so we're not going to look at that matchup much more. Let's look at another one here. This guy's got Jackson and Wilson. Uh, Jackson is a starting quarterback going against Russell Wilson. He's got Barkley in his lineup. The other guy's got Eckler. We got Diggs and Chase. Nice there. Waller's still in his lineup in one of these leagues. Is there another tight end for this guy? Ooh, no, because Doyle's on a bye. So, see, this guy did not make a move. And unless somebody ends up on COVID on his team, going to be playing without a tight end. Well, that's good for the other guy, but the other guy also doesn't have a tight end. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, this is tough. And this is what I'm seeing in a lot of fantasy leagues is these situations. He had Logan Thomas, and now he's on IR. He had Darren Waller, and he's listed as out. Tough, tough, tough. Um. So I can't help you there. I cannot give you any recommendations because I don't think you have that opportunity. How about this game? We've got a matchup. we got quarterbacks. Oh, Mahomes and Brady going at it. That should be fun for those guys. Uh, Aaron Jones and Elliott. Very similar situation there. Isn't it amazing how this stuff works out? And then you got Gronkowski and Kelsey, two of the best tight ends. I love this matchup. This should be a fun fantasy matchup for these two guys going at it wow one team here nine and four the other one five and eight um this other guy's got chubb one's got lamb nice but then he's got elijah moore we we talked about that you know what are you gonna do there uh yeah this is fun chris godwin on the other side so you know it, it this is crazy just the things that we're talking about you know how's this gonna work out for these guys and what do their benches look like you know He's got Godwin, but he's got nothing nothing behind it. Cobb's out. Thielen's out. You're going to start Allen Robinson? No. Tyler Higby? No, you're not. We talked about it. So there. It's fun. This is kind of cool. I kind of like this. Here's another matchup. We got a 7-6 and six going against a 9-4. and four. Yeah, 9-4. and four. That, He was 9-3 and three last week, but uh, he lost to the worst team in the league. Not really, but close enough. Um, Stafford versus Herbert. That's a nice matchup. Gibson versus Mixon. How about Deontay Johnson, who scored 15 points Thursday night? This guy's got Scary Terry. Yeah, nice. I like this play. Got Hawkinson in the lineup on one side, Kittle on the other. That's a that's a win for the Kittle side. And Tyler Conklin play. No, you're going to be going without a tight end. Look at this. This is the third team that we've said this. No tight end to play. That's crazy. Hopkins versus Judy. I kind of like the Judy matchup there against Detroit. Not sure about Hopkins. I don't know how productive he's going to be. We got Lockett versus Evans. Two really, really questionable guys that have been back and forth. We got Kamara coming back versus Hilaire, who's recently back. Uh, kind of a fun matchup there. That should be a really nice matchup. Curious to see who wins that one. And then here we go, final. We got Rodgers versus Cousins. Cousins already put up 20. They also had Garoppolo, but they started Cousins. So uh, off to a start with 20, a 7-6 and six versus a 3-10. and 10. Uh, We've got Fournette versus Jacobs. we got Beasley versus Hill. 
Andrews versus Knox. They both have tight ends. That's good. Cook, who already put up 35 points and got Gallup in the lineup on the other side. Uh, Cooks and Cooper. I'm not sure about Cooks. He might be questionable. I would be taking him out. Hunt. Hunt is, uh, if, he's, if you're playing Hunt because you have to, yeah, look at this. He's got Gordon, McKissick. No, I'm making that switch, and I'm going to probably throw Dylan in there. I think Dylan's a better possibility here. Um, and then Cordell Patterson on the other side, he's playing. That's a fun matchup. So there you go. I'm going to project in this one here. Wow. Says he's still got about a 85% chance to win. I don't know. Cooks and Hunt's scary. I still see that. Uh, I think this 310 team could pull this one out. Let's see if it happens. Let's see if it happens. Um, really not as much info there as I thought, but I thought it would be kind of fun just to scan them quick with you and, and look and see what's going on. Like like I noticed, there's a lot of guys out there that can't even put in full rosters. Sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry, because that's a tough position to be in. But that's going to be a wrap for this episode of uh, Sundays with Jeff Miller. This is a Put Me In Coach episode. Remember to play nice, love your neighbor, most of all have fun. Fun, and we'll talk to you on the other side of what we're going to call a week 14 mess. Good luck. Bye.